Hello, friends, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the Relate Podcast, where we get curious about how we relate to ourselves, God, and others. I'm your host, Casey Sunstead. So as you know, we've been on a journey that started by talking about making New Year's resolutions and has found us talking about how to make healthy, lasting change. Today, as we wrap up season four, we want to take a look at one of the best ways to ensure success when making change. And that's by inviting trusted, safe people into your process. Mm. To help us unpack this idea, we once again have Benny Square and Eric Connor with us today. Hey, hey. Hi, guys. Hi there. Hi, Benny. Hi, Casey. So glad you're here with us to wrap up this season. It's been a lot of fun for me to go on this journey. So Eric, on previous episodes, you shared with us about first order change. Mm. And I remember you saying that looks like I can change my behavior by myself. And then we were challenged by second order. We want to be more second order growth seekers, thinking more like I need the contact with and the help of others to make this change. So help us picture what that could look like. How could we make change easier and more successful by inviting others? Yeah, so we talked about uh, previously, and if you haven't listened to that episode, you can kind of go back and hear it. But there's something about this first order change where the general message is, I'm going to do it by myself. Uh, I work best alone. And you know, I, I always figure it out. And with some of our goals, with some of our you know, change aspirations, that just isn't going to work anymore. And so the second order change is really that, you know, I'm going to need help and others get the full story and uh, I need contact with and um, I'm, I'm kind of not going to do this just by myself anymore. It's yeah. funny, there's, I was talking with someone this morning who went to um, kind of like an intensive therapy place and one of the exercises they do is they put you in a room and the room's totally dark and there's like a rope course in the room. You have to hold on to the rope and there's a door. And they say, okay, you got to follow these ropes to get to the door. And if you need any help, just let us know. But, you know, try to do your best in the dark. And so they go, okay. So they're in there. <laughs> I mean, this sounds terrifying, right? right? Well, you know, it is therapy. <laughs> but It's <laughs> not the kind of therapy I've gone to. So, th- but here's the trick. Now they're trying to teach something. There's no, th- the ropes don't go to the door. They just go in circles. And what you have to do is ask for help. Mm-hmm. And then once you say, I need help, someone comes and guides you out. And they're saying guys stay in there for like 30 minutes, an yeah. hour before they think to ask for help. It's like, I can do it. Right. I, so I got there's this. a way and I can do it. And they say, they're going to say, if you need help, ask us. Mm-hmm. And so there's something that powerful about that. You don't forget that leaving there. So for a lot of us listening, the main step is I need to, I need to ask for help. I need someone else in this journey with me to help me move forward. Yeah. Why do you think that's so hard for people to ask for help? Well, boy, lots of reasons. Um, I think a lot of us kind of we are, our history, our past has really taught us, like, don't ask for help. Learn to do it on your own. Because we've been let down. When yeah, we because we've been let down or people are too busy or, yeah. you know, there's, gosh, there's a hundred reasons. But there's something about our past that's told us it's up to you. You know, mm-hmm. may, maybe people can't be trusted. People aren't really going to be there for you, so you will have to figure it out. And so there's something about that that we just that we go on autopilot with that, and that can work well for some things until it doesn't. 
And then when it doesn't, we have to step into that. And then so because we're not used to it, it feels so uncomfortable, even though it's really the healthy thing to do. Another thing that we know from kind of seeing what works is this idea of a shared commitment. And this is really where we try to be with people that are on the same kind of journey, the same path. Yeah. And I think there's some reasons why, yeah, of course, that works. And some reasons that are probably deeper. But whenever we're with in, in a group and there's kind of a common problem or a common struggle and we're looking for like the same way out, that's powerful. So if there's something that you're kind of struggling with and we're ready to ask for help, we're ready to kind of let go of the secrets, if we can find other people that are in that same boat, that's going to be more helpful than someone that just can't understand what that struggle is like for you. So that's the other thing is trying to be with people that will get it. And if they can kind of get it, then we're probably going to be more amenable and more open to sharing our full story and to being vulnerable you know, with them around it. Yeah, so if we've identified a place in our life we want to change, um, inviting others in will help us to not feel so alone in it. But you're also suggesting find someone who's making change in their life too so that you can have a shared experience. Yeah, making change in their life or you know, or, or, or they understand. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they've made the change and now they're going to kind of help you. Yeah, gone um, before you. Yeah, and I think there's something else around that shared commitment because if someone kind of understands it, then they can maybe challenge us in the right kind of way as well. You know, I remember that this one time I was trying to change something and I, I was with a really good friend of mine and I was drifting and I was talking over dinner and I said, you know, I, I said, you know, I know what this sounds like. And he kind of challenged me. He goes, do you know what this sounds like? Mm. And, I, and at first I'm like, wait a second. You know, I was kind of angry. I just said, yeah. I know what it sounds <laughs> he's like. I'm like, yeah. And he, you know, he, says, he goes, he's like, you know, you know, I care about you, but I don't think you do. This yeah. is what you're saying. And so that was someone that I told my full story to who I trusted. I knew he had my back. We had a shared commitment, but he was also able to, in a gent- gentle way, kind of challenge me. And that's why we need other people because I was starting to drift and my mind was like not seeing the things that it needed to see. I need someone else to be in that story with me to help me to see what I cannot. Mm -hmm. Eric, thanks so much for sharing that personal story because it reminds me of a concept about not being able to see for ourselves and inviting others in to reflect back to us. Oftentimes our behavior in this area that we want to change almost disconnects us from our true self and we need those other people. I love what he said, like, you send the words, but do you actually see it? Friends who call me on that stuff are like so valuable to me. If they do it, like you said, in a kind. In a kind way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for I'm not sure. inviting all the people to say all the things. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's such a good point, Casey. We, I really think, you know, we all kind of have a shadow. We all have kind of, you know, parts of us that are so hard for us to see. Yeah. You know, we always joke in sessions, you know, if I'm, if I'm really frustrated at something in someone else, and, you know, we say there's one finger pointing out and there's three back in me. Yeah. And usually there's something in me that I don't like, but I can't even see it in me. Instead, yeah. I just get, you know, I see it in other people. So there's something about, you know, left to our own devices, it's so easy to lose track of what's going on and to not see what's happening. So we do need kind of that people looking in and, uh, like we said, are kind of part of the process with us. And I like to even name that with my friends. Like, you're a friend that I really trust your opinion, and I want you to tell me what you see. Mm -hmm. I invite it because that's a pretty scary thing for people to just do, to just start. Like, Casey, do you really see because they're not maybe sure how I'll respond, but there's people in my life that have become those, like we've talked about, safe people or trusted people or, or people who I look up to as being really wise mm. that I've actually named that with and said, you're someone I want 
to call me on my things and I want you to reflect back to me what you're seeing. Yeah. Okay, really helpful. So we are suggesting that in this area of growth that we've identified, you invite people in. I'm so grateful for your perspective from how do we make lasting change. But I also think it's so amazing how this lines up with God's design for the way we do things. Benny, do you have any um, thoughts on that? Yeah, as I'm listening to Eric talk, as we're having this conversation, as I think about the podcast, you know, I I always look at it as like a a two-step process in in the invitation. I think there's first an invitation to invite God into it. Mm -hmm. Like God, you already know this, you already see, but I want to invite you into this journey. And so that's always, I think the first step is Mm -hmm. let's invite God into it, whether that's writing it out, whether that's through prayer, it's God, be in this with me as I decide to make this change, as I decide to move forward, would you be here with me? We talked in uh, a past uh, podcast, we were talking how it's not for God, but it's with God. This yeah. idea of I'm with God, what what he's doing in my life, what he's doing in the world. So there's an invitation that we want to offer to God. But then I think right after we invite God, as we begin to make this change, I think we need others. And I think about mm-hmm. Solomon, who's considered one of the wisest men in scripture. Uh, many uh, people credit Solomon for writing the Proverbs, but he wrote a, a, a passage of scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter four, verse nine. And here's, here's a guy full of wisdom, and here's what he says. And, and typically we use this scripture like when we're in weddings, when people are getting married. <laughs> but it's so interesting that it's more than just weddings and marriage. It actually is life and humanity. And here's what he said. He said, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Mm-hmm. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Here's the wisest man in all of scripture who's credited with so much wisdom Mm -hmm. essentially says, hey, you can't do this thing alone. Mm -hmm. Two is better than one. And so when I think about inviting people, I think we invite God and then I think we invite others, those trusted people, those friends uh, who we know we can be our full self with into our journey and where we're going and so that's, that's what came to mind when I started thinking about scripture and listening to what Eric was saying. Benny, I love that you're bringing, you're right. It's like the classic wedding scripture. So I'll probably, most people have heard it because most yeah. people have been to a wedding. They've used it in a wedding, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's perfect in this context for us where we're thinking about trying to do something that's hard. And it, in that scripture talks about if you fall down and you're going to need somebody to help you you back up pick you up yeah Yeah. so so good because as eric was talking about having a shared experience somebody who's either gone before you and can pick you up or somebody who knows what it's like and is there in it with With you you. i think that this idea that comes from how to make change is also so so grounded in scripture and it's the way that god designed us to need other people absolutely i so agree with that from my experience when i think about inviting other people into a change i want to make which if i'm making a change is probably because it's not the loveliest part of me right and maybe i feel like it's a spot of my life that i should hide or not necessarily tell the truth about i think about the way it actually feels like i think we are told hide your things that aren't lovely but my experience is that when I when I do tell about my unlovely areas or ways I want to grow, it 
makes me feel more accepted and known. And then if I get to tell the truth about all the things and that friend loves me anyway, there is so much freedom that comes from not hiding, even if it's a little thing. I'm not talking about huge, ugly, crazy secrets, but like there's this part of me that's afraid that I'm not lovable if I if I'm not perfect, yeah. right? And so to, to show it and then to receive that love is um, so much freedom. Yeah. Mm, I would agree with that. Okay, so we've talked about sharing our goals with safe people. We've talked about it being grounded in some really good research. And we've talked about it also coming from the wisdom from scripture. Mm. So let's together paint a picture for our listeners of what a safe, helpful group that's working together for change could actually look like. What comes to mind if we're painting a picture of that group, guys? What would somebody see? Yeah, I I think vulnerability. When you think about a safe group of people, one, two, three, four people, like a safe group of people, I think there's a level of vulnerability. There's a level of honesty. There's a level of truth speaking. I think that's where it begins. That's where Mm -hmm. it starts. What would you say, Eric? Yeah, I think so, too. I think, I mean, in my mind, I'm going through what are the groups that I've been part of or I've seen that are just working well? And there is generally some shared purpose, which necessitates a shared struggle. And then there's total acceptance Mm -hmm. of where everyone is in their journey. And another thing that so quickly sabotages is when we start to cross talk or we start to try to fix others (laughs) instead of just focusing on ourselves. Yeah. So good groups are there. It's like, I'm there. I'm going to focus on myself. Not that we can't help each other, but we're respectful in that. But it's just the sense of, of that acceptance. And we can have that acceptance because we know how tough it is. That's the thing about that shared yeah. shared struggle. You know, there's things that aren't that bad for me. And I don't, I may not have the same patience with someone else because it goes, oh, I just, you know, I hate to admit it. But I'm like, you know, can we just can't get, get over that already? Or, you know, I mean, hopefully I don't think that way. But that is something that that can happen but when we're in a place and we know how hard it is then we can have that acceptance but good groups are safe they are vulnerable with appropriateness there's acceptance there's forgiveness mm-hmm. and there's patience mm-hmm. and uh and it, and essentially it's like we're all in it together so it's a little bit like you know we're all going to rise and fall together with the tide but i think good groups do that well yeah yeah you know i think about my experience in in groups all the things that have been mentioned. But I think one thing that I would add to that as well is there's a sense of prayer. Mm. Now, here's why I say that, because I remember being in some 12 step groups and my story, I've walked through recovery and I know here at Willow, we have a great recover program. Uh, But I remember in some of those recover groups and even in small group, uh, group settings, one of the things that would consistently be brought up is the scripture from James 5, 16 that says, therefore confess your sins to each other, mm. pray for each other that you may be healed. Like there was a sense of if we're going to be honest and we're going to be vulnerable, then my appropriate response isn't to necessarily try to fix you. My, my appropriate response is to be there with you and then let's pray together. Like there's some, there's some real deep healing. There's some real... Uh, deep care that comes when I confess something to you mm-hmm. and you don't offer me like, well, you should do this and maybe you should change that. But there's a sense of, I feel that 
let's actually pray about it. Let's let's take it to God. So I would add prayer in there as yeah. well as a, a major factor in, in some really safe, healthy groups. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, that's a good model. I mean, I don't, you know, I feel like I always bring it back to this, but I am a therapist. But, you know, th- that 12-step model, it really does work. And yeah. you're right. You, any 12-step meeting you go to, what happens at the end? Even with total strangers, you hold hands, you say the serenity prayer, or you say the Lord's prayer together. Yep. So there is a little bit of that sacredness. And, you know, you could go to a different state, different country, and go to a meeting, and you're still going to do it. And you experience the same thing. Right. And I think the other thing that you see in all these meetings and in all good groups is there's a lack of ego. Yeah. Um, Because change probably necessitates our ego's got to come down. And a lot of the things that Scripture talks about, they're meant to do that. Benny, one of the things I've really resonated with in the last episodes is you a couple times talked about God being a good parent yeah, and I strive to be a good parent. So I, I tend to like really connect when you paint that picture for us. And when you talk about confess your sins to one another, I, I mean, I think that sounds really scary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, especially when you call it a sin, I'm like, dang, we're going to like show our, our most unlovely parts of ourselves, yeah. right? And confess our sins sounds so serious. But I think of God as such a good father in telling us to do that because it's not like just a do this because it's the right thing to do. I think about times that I've done that. And like I said before, and we receive that acceptance. And like Eric said, forgiveness. I'm reflected back that I am still so lovely that God knows about the freedom that's waiting for us when, yeah. when we do that. Absolutely. You know, I think about a story uh, of a pastor who was here recently, and she was talking about how her four-year-old son had been stealing gummy bears from their own cupboard mm. and how she already knew that he had done it, but he was hiding. And when she went to go look for him, here he is hiding up yeah. under the couch. And she was saying how God being a good father and her trying to be a good parent didn't want to punish the kid for what he did. What she actually wanted to do was open her arms and say, there's kindness, there's love, there's forgiveness. And I I think many times when we're thinking about the unlovely parts of us, when we're thinking about the parts that we want to hide, we don't really want necessarily to confess or to bring to light. I think God is essentially saying, hey, I see you. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. Don't go and hide. Actually come and my arms are open for you. So come receive my love which then gives us the courage. It gives us the opportunity to actually take the next step and that's to engage with others because we know we're loved by a good parent. So I'm gonna go and actually engage with someone else as well to help me in this journey. It's so good what we're being invited to there. And Mm -hmm. it's not, I think about the times where people have done that, gone first, whether they go first in their vulnerability or whether they go first in their sharing of their sins or their areas that they need to grow in. My response is never, dude, what is wrong with you? Right? My response is, oh, we're allowed We're allowed to go yeah, there. this is I'm, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I have something like that too, and we're allowed to share, and it's inviting me to yeah. do that. And it's such a gift when, mm. when others go first. Yeah. So let's be those people for each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, ge- we generally move closer to each other in weakness, not really in our strengths. Mm. You know, when people talk about how, how great everything is, but okay. But when we are vulnerable mm. and I'm struggling, we just naturally want to get closer. So that's uh, that's kind of a key principle. 
That's a good point, Eric. When you're hearing somebody showing the best, it yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it you doesn't can, make you, you, you want to move for closer. Them, right, but it's not like, but when someone really opens up, I mean, we just <laughs> instinctively, I want to move closer to you. Yeah. It's like kind of how we're wired up. And then when that happens, we're experiencing something. That's the one thing I wanted to say too, but yeah. your, your point was so great. And I, and I kind of heard that talk too. And then I have such sadness and I have empathy for the kids that that was not their experience. Yeah. Their experience was, was something that was very harsh or abandoning. And There's so, a good reason that they were hiding. You know, I, and I, yeah, and I think that's, mm-hmm. like, that's like one thing that I think is I think in the church, like we hear these things and they're, they're, they're preached and we talk about it. But boy, if you've got no muscle memory around that, it's hard. Yeah. We can, I mean, if you've never had like a caregiver or a parent or someone that was soft, that was nurturing, that was, you know, out for your best. And then I'm telling you to believe that that's the way that a God is, even though we want to, it's like there's something we've been programmed against that. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a big point here in all these things we're talking about is that we have to experience things to change. And so we can talk about confessing our sins. And maybe sins isn't a good word to use. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I confess the things that I'm struggling with or I confess the things I'm embarrassed of, whatever it is. Yeah. But I'm going to share them. Maybe I'm not confessing them. But we have to experience things really to, to change some parts of our nervous system. So I think my fear is that sometimes we hear these podcasts and we walk away and go, that was good. But I'm, we're really asking people, find someone that you could trust and tell them more of who you are mm. and experience the uncomfortableness of that and experience what it's like to maybe be accepted in return because that's the stuff that really changes us talking about it keeps it in our frontal cortex and we have to access deeper levels of our nervous system and that's really done through experiential means and so i think scripture talks about it you know when we confess our sins when we do these things people in recovery They'll say after they do their fourth step, which is where I share my whole life with someone, actually in the fourth and fifth, they'll say that something metaphysical happens. There's like a huge weight lifted. A lot of them had said that's when they first experience God. So Eric, I, think, I, I think there's you're something. You're using big words again. Oh, sorry. No, um, don't be sorry, but you got to <laughs> bring me along. Metaphysical. Well, meaning it's touching spirit and body. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So, so you know, people, they go through this thing and, they say, wow, after I really told my story, something deep happened. Or I really felt like maybe I experienced God for one of the first times. And so there's something to do these where they, I think they're they're designed to touch us in really deep ways. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to be careful not just to talk about them, but to actually step into them as we're able to. Yeah. I love what you said before about having a shared purpose for your group, because you're probably not going to show up to the neighborhood book club where you're reading fiction and (laughs) show up there with your your what you know confess your sins and and I think your body kind of knows the difference Mm -hmm. right like if somebody is a safe person or not to kind of listen to the messages you're receiving about if they're safe or if they're of the same purpose yes absolutely you know I know in churches and like ours like we'd like to focus on small groups and sometimes I think a book can almost be uh, books can be very helpful it can be a great way to start, but sometimes they're a great way to distract from talking about real issues between us. Yeah. You know, I talked to someone that was in a group, and the group was together for about a year and a half, and they said, man, we just got to this point where it's like, maybe we're done. And then something really tough mm-hmm. happened in, in, in one of the couples in the group. But that became a catalyst for everyone to open up. And yeah. now that group is, is really connected and bonded and there to support each other. 
So yeah, there's that kind of that shared thing, but that's this whole thing around the vulnerability, the vulnerability and yep. trying and some and how do we get there? So for me, I'll go first. <laughs> for me, I started out with some ideas about slowing down, and that was really what I needed after the holidays. But now I've been paying attention to um, this. Probably won't surprise you, but. Um, I'm a really relational person, so my goal is gonna fall in my relational world. Mm. I've been paying attention to how do I feel after I spend some time with somebody? Does that person lift me up and make me feel important and safe? Or do I walk away feeling like that that time together was better for them than it was for me? You know, and so I've just been kind of getting curious as we talk about <laughs> on the podcast. How do I feel after I spend time with with people? And then also, which friendships feel really mutual? You know, like, it's not me just showing up to care for them or listen to them, but it really feels like it's it's a beneficial for both of us kind of relationship. So that's been my goal is to, goes back to season two where we took a look at where do I fit in relationships. And so I think that's kind of entered into my New Year's resolution. If I can share that process of why why am I now deciding that this is the way that God wants me to grow with the important people in my life, they can understand my my reasons and understand my journey, right? And join me in it. Eric, you were talking about messages that conflict. And so I think my message or my fear, if I were to make this change, is at the end, I'll realize there's no one. There's no one there that is mutual or who I feel really great afterwards and I'll feel alone. But I know that isn't the truth. And this is my fear. And so if I share that fear, uh, my friend can enter into that with me and support me and speak truth to me. Like we were saying, we need other people to show us. Yeah, I was just thinking through kind of a way to apply all these things and now inviting our friends in. And so that would be a challenge I think we have is as you're looking for these safe people, share with them your experience that you've been on of identifying this place you want to grow and then maybe also share what you're afraid of if this does happen. Oh, I appreciate that story, Casey. That's really good. Um, I think I shared in that episode, I was thinking a lot about emotional sobriety. Mm -hmm. And so how do we, I really just, how do I become a better person? And I think, I don't know, maybe just this year in particular, I'm just so aware of my self-centeredness. And I really want to let that go. Yeah. And I really want to practice acceptance and I want to trust that, you know, I can let go and I want to be focused and just trying to love others and all these, you know, aspirational goals. But we also talked about there's conflicting things sometimes inside of us. So, yeah, there's a part of me that wants to accept things as they are. And there's another part of me that says you got to control. Because if you just accept, then who's going to take care of you and your needs? Mm -hmm. So those are two things that kind of wage war inside of me. And then that connects into my self-care and, you know, my ability to be in that place and who I'm talking with to check in. But, you know, I think I can kind of relate to what you were saying. There's something I want to, there's a person I want to be, but then I've got stuff I'm afraid of what might happen if I am that person. Yeah. And those are those conflicting beliefs we talked about that we have to find a way to find some synergy there or find some way to untangle those together. Yeah. And for me, that is so often having someone reflect back to me and speak truth to me, whether it's truth that they have from their experience with me and what they know to be true about me and the way I relate, or whether it's truth from scripture, you know, to, to share God's truth and their experience with their relationship with God to reflect that back to me in that moment. So it can be scary to invite others into what, what we're afraid of or what our conflicting messages are, but 
I think we can't see clearly without doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need people. You definitely need people on the journey who will reflect back to you. And I think, you know, thinking about scripture, I always will. I, I love therapy. I mean, it has changed my life. 12 step groups, recover groups. I mean, has legitimately changed my life. And I can't miss the fact that God's word has also changed my life. And when I had people who reminded me of what God had to say about me, I think about a scripture in first Peter two, nine, where Peter's reminding them, you're a chosen priesthood, your chosen generation, you're God's royal priesthood. Like what God actually says about me has mm-hmm. really helped to sort of combat those conflicting messages. And yeah. so, yeah, God's mm-hmm. word I, I can't say it enough. It There's power and there's truth in it. And then having people who remind me of it, it's been incredible. Mm. I really think this is God's desire for us. If he's inviting us to grow in an area, what if we surround ourselves with the support we need from safe friends? Like Eric was talking about, what if we're in the room with the ropes and the darkness, <laughs> terrible room? What if we say, I need some help? I need some help. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good example. Benny and Eric, thanks for painting that picture of a of a helpful group for us today. Okay, and as usual, we've got some discussion questions for you to consider. And we hope that you would even grab your group and talk this over together. I'll read each question, and then I'll give some space for reflection for you now, so you have some thoughts to bring to your group later. Question one. In your current reality, is it easy or is it hard for you to invite others into your desire for change? What makes it that way for you? Question two, why have you chosen your area of growth? What led you to want to make that specific change? And what is one fear or conflicting message you might have as you enter into it? Question three, what does a safe group look like to you? Is there anything that we didn't touch on in our conversation that is especially important to you to feel safe and seen? And question four, what is one step you will take to invite someone safe into your growth? Who is it that you will invite And what is it about them that makes them the right person? I have loved having you along for this conversation about resolutions, change, and growth. I hope it's met you where you are and invited you to make some next right steps in order to make lasting, healthy change. We would love to hear from you if you have questions or stories about how you engaged with the content from this season. Please shoot me an email at relate at willowcreek.org and I will personally get back to you. Hearing from you helps us know what topics to cover in future Relate podcast seasons. Thanks for being part of our community where we get curious about how we relate to ourselves, God, and others.